Canine Cast number six. It's the Canine Cast with Tara and Walter. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Canine Cast. This is Tara. And this is Walter. Hi, we'd like to welcome you back and also to thank you all. Um, as of recording time, we are in the top 100 podcasts at podcastalley.com. So we owe that all to you, our wonderful listeners, for voting for our podcast. So thank you so very, very much. We're so excited about this. And if you have not yet had a chance to vote for our podcast, then you can do so simply by clicking on the link in our show notes to take you to Podcast Alley to vote for our podcast. And you can do that once every month uh, to help keep us up there in the top 100. So, all right, thanks once again, everyone. For this show, we're actually going to start out with um, responding to some comments and questions that have been sent in um, by you, the listeners, to us. The first one actually is a comment that came into our website for our show on helping stray dogs. Um, the, the person didn't leave their name. They left the name of their website, um, partnerhund.com. And so I went and checked out the website, and it's in German. So this is an international listener. That's so exciting that we have people all over the world who are listening to our show. So thank you for writing in. The, the, que the question in the comment was basically, why not use a harness? Um, and what I believe they were referring to was the part in that show where I had talked about using either a martingale collar or a leash looped around backwards to go ahead and put that on the dog when you come across a stray dog. Now, I want, I want to, um, to basically say that when you are interacting with a stray dog versus your own dog, you'll want to do some things differently, which is why I did, in that case, recommend a collar. Um, for your own dog, you can use a collar, you can use a harness, whatever, whatever thing is easiest for you is, is great. But with a stray dog that you don't necessarily know, um, in order to put on a harness, you would need to, first of all, um, make sure that it fit the dog, and second of all, the positions that you would have to get in in order to put that on the dog might be a little bit more difficult than it would be with a collar, and also you would have to interact with the dog more and get a lot closer to it. While you have a stray dog, that's not necessarily something that you want to do right off the bat while you're t trying to restrain them from running away from you when they've first met you. So basically, it's just um, it's just it's just that number number one, it's easier, but number two, and more importantly, it's a little bit safer um, to forego the harness for that particular situation. Go ahead and use a collar that's very easy to get on and off the dog without you having to go over the dog or put your arms around the dog too much. Um, so that's basically why we recommended the, the collar or the leash loop backwards in that situation. But again, for, for your own pet dog or even if you decide to keep the stray dog and that becomes your pet, the harness can be a great tool also um, for interacting with your dog. So. Thank you so much for that question and comment. We also had a couple of comments about our clicker training show, which I had uh, quickly mentioned in the last show, although we didn't have time to get to them. So we put them right up front this time. And the first one actually comes from, uh, from Mark, who was the same listener who had talked about wanting hearing protection for his dog. 
And what he said actually is that he had tried clicker training with his bird. So I thought that was so cool because in the clicker training show, I had pointed out that you can use this method on many different types of animals. So here's one example of somebody trying to use one with their bird. Although what Mark ran into was that his bird was not food motivated, so that made it a little bit tougher. Well, Mark, um, as, I, as I brought up in that show, while food is the motivator that most people use and that um, one that most animals respond to well, really any type of reward um, that the animal will work for works perfectly. So for a bird, it may be maybe praise, it may be petting them on the head, it may be letting them out to fly around outside of their cage. But um, you know, try try a bunch of different things because one of the great things about clicker training is that you don't need to just use food. You can use any type of reward. So thanks so much for that comment. And I wanted to also point out that Mark has on his weblog a really neat write-up of when he had actually taken martini fly flying. So you can go there. That's not something you see every day, pictures of a dog in an airplane. So you can go ahead and check that out at, on his weblog, and we will have a link to that in our show notes. And also, if you're using the enhanced um, feed for iTunes 4.9, then that link may be on your screen right now. So you can click on that to see pictures of uh, Martini, Mark's dog, flying with him in his airplane. So, our next question was from, actually, another international listener, George, who was writing in from China. So, we've gone really far around the world. Thank you for writing in, George. Um, his question was basically, um, for clicker training, how do you do clicker training if you are not using a clicker or food? Um, and basically, what you would do in that situation, you can still use the ideas behind clicker training. Um, but the clicker, all that is, is basically a way of telling the dog that they did something that you like and now they're going to get a reward. In, in the actual training terms, they call it a bridge. And you can use anything as your bridge. The clicker is just something that is very easy to use and it makes a consistent sound that will sound the same any time that you use it. But you can use any other kind of sound. For example, you could, um, you could click your tongue when your dog does something right, just a little sound. You could do a hand clap, or you can even use a word like, um, like yes or great. Just something to let your dog know that that's what you wanted them to do. So. In the example that we used in the show, when the dog, when the dog sits and their tush actually hits the ground, that's when you would click. In your case, if you're not using the clicker, you would actually, when the dog's behind hits the ground, that's when you would say "great" or that's when you would clap or click your tongue, whatever you've decided to use as the bridge. So you, the clicker is just one example. Really, you can use anything in whale training, which is where this. Um, which, which is one of the things that this kind of came from, they actually use a whistle. So that would work as well if you happen to have a whistle that you want to use with your dog. Just whatever works for you. And then also, 
if you don't, you know, if you don't have treats there to use with your dog or they're not with you, then again, um, as we had talked about with the, with the comment that Mark said in, you can use any type of a reward that your dog is willing to work for. So if your dog has a game that it likes to play or if it really likes it when you pet behind its ears, anything that it really enjoys that it will work for that will be a reward for it is fine. Um, food's just one example, but there are many out there. So that's one of the things about, about clicker training that's kind of nice is that it has all of these principles behind it, but so long as you understand the science, you can kind of adapt it to, um, to fit your needs. So thanks everybody for writing in. So excited to go ahead and answer some of those. Now, two other listeners sent in some comments that were really intriguing to me. Um, Anne at the eatfeed.com podcast had suggested reading rescue success stories about dogs on the show. Because as, as I've mentioned many times before, um, I'm very, very excited about dog rescue um, and working with dogs, with dogs that are in shelters. Um, in, in, America, in America here, that's something that happens very commonly that, um, you know, if, if dogs are lost, like when we had talked about helping strays, or if for some reason their owner can't take care of them anymore, they'll go into a shelter or rescue and people will adopt from there. So, um, so anyway, so Anna talked about reading success stories from people who had gotten their dogs that way on the show, which I think would be, is an excellent idea. I would love to do that. And then Gretchen from the Mommy Cast podcast had also suggested including funny dog stories on the site. Just, um, you know, any, any story, as all of you have dogs, no dogs can be a never-ending source of, of amusement. So there's lots of funny stories for anybody who has dogs and is involved with dogs. So I would like to include those as well. So what we've decided to do is if you would like to send in stories about your dogs to us, we will read them on the air and we, w we would love rescue success stories. We would love funny stories um, and any other stories that you have about your dogs that you would like to share. Um, that would be great. We'd be happy to read them on the air. And then we are also going to make a place on our website for these stories. Another thing that I had been thinking about before was having kind of a gallery area for our listeners' dogs. So you could send in your pictures and we can put them on the website as well because you can never get enough great pictures of dogs to look at. So if you would like to go ahead and include a picture with your story, then we can go ahead and include that with your story. Or if you would like to send in a picture by itself, then we can put that on our website too. So please send in your, your dog stories, um, rescue success stories, funny stories, any other stories that you'd like to share, as well as your dog pictures. And we'd love to get those up so that everybody can see and hear about your dogs. Now, speaking of that, right now, we are in our summer period here in America, and here the, ki the kids are out of school. It's a great time to go ahead and get a dog, especially if you're adopting from a shelter or a rescue. Now, one of the reasons why I say that is because at this time of year, it's right after puppy season, so normally the shelters are chock full 
of, of puppies and dogs, but uh, not as many people tend to adopt. Your, you know, if your, ki if your kids are at home, there, then it means that you know that's a great a great time for them to kind of spend time with the dog, which keeps them busy and the dog busy, and is great for everybody. So, if you you know if you are at home, if you're not of course away on vacation, then I would highly recommend that if you're thinking about getting a dog, that you do that now. You'll have the best selection, um, the highest number of dogs to choose from to find the one that is the most perfect for your family right now and in order to help you do that I found a guide online and I've actually used this guide in picking out dogs before this is Sue Sternberg's guide to choosing your next dog from the shelter now if you're not familiar with Sue Sternberg she runs a shelter in upstate New York she is a very innovative person who has who has you know done a lot for different ideas in like I said how to choose your dog from the shelter what she's done basically, she's put together a type of an assessment to help you figure out which dogs are going to match the best with your family. For example, um, she has a test in here that will tell you whether this dog is going to be a more high energy dog, um, the type of dog that you'll want if you have kids that you know are going to play fetch with it for hours on end, or if you jog and you want it to be your exercise partner, then you might want a higher energy dog. Whereas on the other hand, if you want a dog who is going to, you know, sit with you nice, nicely while you pet it and, you know, you're more of a sedentary type person, then you would want a lower energy dog. So that's one of the things that this test would tell you. Now, in addition, it's really neat because it will help you to kind of ferret out any possible problems that you may see. For example, um, it helps you to figure out whether or not this dog has any aggression problems with food or toys. And the way it does this is you would actually bring food along with you, put it in a bowl, let the dog start eating. So, of course, you would want to bring something kind of, kind of yummy and tasty. And then what you do is you actually use a fake hand, not, not your own hand for this. You would use a fake hand to pet the dog and kind of stick the hand down near the dog's bowl and see if the dog reacts. Um, they, they, they may not react at all. They may look up at you and wag and be very happy that you're trying to play with them or they may be not so happy and uh, growl or even try to bite the hand, which is why I say you would want to use a fake hand rather than your own. So that's something that's important to know because you know if, if you are if you are just yourself and you and you live by yourself and there's no you know there's no kids around then food aggression is something that you might be able to live with and work around but if you have kids at home you don't want them to be around a dog that is food aggressive where if they go near the dog while it's eating that the dog might go after them so that's something that's that's really important um myself I, I personally tend to shy away from dogs that have um, those types of aggression problems because, well, I mean, ba basically the way I look at it is if somebody's in my house who doesn't know, you know, who doesn't know any better, well, you know, I don't want my dog to, you know, to nail them because the person got too close to them with their food. But it depends on your situation. Some people, you know, can, can and do um, live with that and work around it, and there are ways to train that out of the dog. 
but basically this guide will you know will will take you through steps in order to figure out what is what is going on with this dog what its possible issues may be if it has any issues and whether it will be the best match for you and your family so i highly recommend that and we'll of course have a link to it for you in the show and it's just um it's just a free booklet that you can print off from the petfinder.com library so if you are looking for a dog i highly recommend that you take that with you now while the guide is called um, one for choosing your dog from the shelter, and, 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 and it's a great guide for doing that, I also would recommend it for choosing your dog from anywhere. If you're going to a private rescue, I would recommend bringing it there as well. Because any dog that you get, you're going to want to know how it will react to you in these different situations. And this is just a terrific resource to help you do that. And We've, ac we've actually gone and used this to, um, help, to help pick out a dog before, and, and it, was, it was great. The dog, the dog actually, you know, passed all the tests with flying colors for what we needed. But, um, but it was a very, very helpful guide and brought up some things that we wouldn't have thought of otherwise. So definitely um, check that out the next time that you are on your, on your way to go add a new furry family member to your family. All right, so now we brought up shelter and rescue dogs, and now I would like to bring up a, a great resource that was sent to us by one of our listeners. Um, it's a website that she actually runs. Um, this, is, this, is, this listener, she goes by the nickname of Loop, and she put together this resource. It's called the Hampton Roads Pet Directory and Community, and Basically, what it is, is it's links to um, general dog and pet information specific to the Hampton Roads area of Virginia, but also um, these resources uh, are for the rest of Virginia and nationwide. Um, for example, she has listed on there um, things like Pet Finder, which are nationwide, but also, you know, but also dog parks that are, you know, just in that area of Virginia. But basically, I've, this, this site is just chock full of links and resources and quest, you know, questions and answers for you on things, on things just you know, that you would want to know in having a dog in general. So I would check it out. I mean, I've, I've, I've already been there, and I'm not, I'm not anywhere near the, the Virginia area. But even so, I, you know, I've already spent uh, quite a bit of time going through those links and I could just spend hours more in finding things that are helpful to me all the way down here in Florida. So I recommend that you that you go there and check that out and it will give you, you know, it will it will send you on your way, particularly if you're again, if you're looking for a dog, hey, there's rescue links on there and some of those rescue links are for rescue groups internationally as well. So no matter where you are, this website will help you out and she's done a really good job with it so thanks Luke for pointing you know for bringing that up to us so that we could see it and then share it with the rest of our listeners and what's the address Tara um, the address for it is hrpet.com and we'll have a link to that for you on our site so that you can um, so that you can see that and go go check it out I mean it even has it even has things such as if you know if you have to for any reason, rehome a dog. Um, say maybe you rescued a stray, 
and your um, you know you it already went to animal services and they didn't find its owner so now you're helping to try to rehome it it even has for example why you would not want to list this dog as free to a good home in the classifieds so that's something that's that's very very important to know so go ahead and go ahead and check it out it's a really fun site so all right just just kind of a, a mix of a bunch of different things tonight so I think we're pretty much at the end of our show uh, one thing that I that I want to just reiterate to you if you are planning on getting a, a new dog or adding a new dog to your household to please look at uh, shelter and rescue if that is you know available in your area because that is absolutely one of if not the best ways to get a new dog um, by by doing uh, shelter or rescue what you're doing really is um, you're pretty much saving two dogs because you're taking one into your home and you're also freeing up a space for another dog that needs a home so that they'll have a chance to find one and you also can find absolutely the best pets that way. Um, the guide that I talked about earlier is a great way to help you find those wonderful pets. And we'll go into that in some more detail in a later show. But definitely check out uh, your nearest shelter and or rescues uh, if you're looking for a dog. And I think that's pretty much it for tonight. So I would like to remind you to please go ahead and send in your dog stories. Uh, rescue success stories would be great. Funny stories would be wonderful. Any other memorable or touching stories that you have about your dogs or just interacting with do with dogs at any point, we would love to read them on the air and have them on our site. If you send in pictures of your dogs, we will put those up as well so that everybody can see your dogs. You can show them off a little bit because we know that we all love to do that. And with that, I think we're pretty much done. So I'd like to leave you, as always, with the thought, to please, if you have not already, to spay or neuter your dog, because that's the best thing that you can do for your furry friend. If you have a question for Tara or a comment about Canine Cast, please leave us a voice message by calling 206-338-DOGS. That's 206-338-3647 or post a comment on our website at caninecast.com. That's the letter K, the number 9, cast.com.